What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Praise Podcast. My name is Eric Lade. I get the pleasure of hosting this podcast every weekend. It is so good uh, to have the Praise Podcast family here for another episode. And of course, my co-host is in the house. It is the Brooke Paninsky. She's here. She's ready to go. She's dreaming of Mexican food. It's almost <laughs> lunchtime, but we are super excited to have this conversation with you all today. Of course, we love our Praise Podcast family, and we love you guys because, one, you take the time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us and listen to us, but also because you guys leave ratings and reviews, and uh, yeah, that just helps this podcast get seen by more people, and we greatly appreciate that, and we always appreciate when you guys share this podcast on your social media, and uh, to those that maybe need to hear the conversation that we have We are always very thankful for the ways the Praise Podcast family interacts with us and each other. And we just, we seriously do. We love you guys. We thank you all for uh, your support and your listening. Brooke, what's up? Hey, hi, hello. What are you going to eat at the Mexican (laughs) restaurant? (laughs) That's the thing. I'm so hungry and it all sounds good that I really don't know. I just kind of went like a plethora of it all. A sampler platter, They call maybe? that a la carte, I a think. A la carte, yes. <laughs> I don't know. That is, that is uh, we probably, I don't know, there's something about living in Mount Vernon, Illinois. I mean, it's not like probably real Mexican food, but there's something about Mount Vernon. I mean, we have like five Mexican restaurants now, and I don't even think that's including Taco Bell. And we have two of them. We have two Taco Bells. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is some, I mean, we like our Mexican food here. Mm-hmm. And I would say at least three days out of the week, that's what I eat. Yeah, as you should, because it's delicious. Chunky guacamole, mm-hmm. tacos, mm-hmm. rice. Yep. Rice is probably my favorite part. Cheese dip. Hello. Cheese dip is good. Yeah. I'm not as big on the, I mean. Uh, Don't even unpopular, say Unpopular Ugh. take here. But Eric. I mean, I, I like the cheese dip, but I would choose. Guacamole okay, I would choose dip. guacamole over cheese yeah. dip every day of the week. You do. I, I do. You do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Almost every day of the week, choose yeah. guacamole over cheese dip. And so, yeah. So we're dreaming of Mexican food mm-hmm. here. I don't know where... What's your favorite go-to Mexican place in Mount Vernon? Well, I really enjoyed Guero's when it was here. We miss Guero's. We really do <laughs> Rest miss Guero's. in peace. And they were downtown, so convenient, when so Guero's good. When Guero's was Loved open, in. I bet we, I seriously almost ate there every day. Yeah. Well, and working here, of course, it's yeah, so convenient. We would it's walk just, down there. Yeah. Wow, the good yeah, old days. I'm, yeah, Guero's, is, it's got a special place in my heart for sure. But I've just always been an El Rancherito girl. Mm-hmm. And I like every Mexican restaurant we have. But it's like if I just naturally go and choose somewhere, I just go to El Ranch. And um, I honestly have like my a fond memory of El Ranch, two of them actually, which really? I think it's now, it's just like an emotional attachment that I have no to El Rancherito. Yeah. So my very, very first time... Going to El Rancherito was after church on a Sunday night when I was like seven or eight. And it was with my granny and papa. And it was like a big treat to go out to eat somewhere, especially on a Sunday night, because my mom was always like, We have school tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know? And when there were so many kids, like, and, and you it's guys expensive. Were in town. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just a rarity. You didn't come to town very yeah, often. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But we did. We we would go to El Rancherito, and that, well, my, and I actually still remember like their old, old menus. Um, and my grandpa actually was the one who introduced me to their cheese dip, and I just love my papa. I miss him terribly, but like that is a sentimental like piece that I have at El Ranch. And when I was maybe 13, 14, I don't remember, my mom and dad 
um, surprise me with like a surprise birthday party dinner at El Rancherito and like all my best friends were there in the party room and my parents never did stuff like mm-hmm. that so it was just like a, it's big, a big deal. deal I know so I think just that's it it's wow. an emotional thing really there's just <laughs> a lot of ties team there. El Rancherito yeah a lot of historical <laughs> and I've probably offended many people but that's okay no I mean I I get around to all of them. We make our way to, yeah. to all of them. I really I do like. like all of them. I mean, seriously, I really yeah. haven't had like a bad experience at any of them. And I always like what I get at all of them, but they're mm-hmm. all so different. That's, that is the good thing about Mexican around here is that just every restaurant really is they different. They all kind of have their niche. Yeah, exactly. Like, so if you're craving a certain thing, you know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, which I think is great. That is, that yeah. is good. Uh, a lot of, I have like the party room at El Ranch. Now they've redone a lot and mm-hmm. it's a lot better, but... The party room at El Ranch, I have a lot of traumatic experiences. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you're just crammed in that what? room. You weren't a 13-year-old girl with there's a surprise like, birthday no, party? No, there was <laughs> like there's always like 40 people in a room that holds 15. Yes. And you know, yeah. but it is good. So we're looking forward to lunch. It is uh it's a it's a busy time for us. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, yeah. So this is uh, I guess this will technically release on the day of uh, first Fantastic. night of Fantastic. So yep. First night of Fantastic would be tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, we're excited for that. We've been if you attended church this weekend, you obviously saw that the worship center was uh, in preparation for uh, Fantastic. It's uh, mm-hmm. deep water theme, deeper waters, I believe, is their their theme, and so we've been working hard on that. We actually uh, we just got done hanging a boat. Um, shout out to Kevin. Yeah, shout out to Kevin Chastain mm-hmm. and his buddy Bill uh, for building us a handmade like real life boat. It's awesome. Um, uh, he says it wouldn't float, so I, we won't be taking it out <laughs> to the lake after this. But uh, yeah, they they just, I was like, hey, we need to hang a boat from the ceiling. And Kevin was like, I'll just make one. Yeah, said, and he did. And it and looks literally so good. nine hours later, Kevin was like, you can come pick up your boat. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, like, you're crazy. It was awesome. So yeah, this the life of a uh, creative arts ministry. <laughs> one day you're leading worship for kids. The next day you're hanging boats. That's it. From the stage. Yeah. So you wouldn't you know. change a thing. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um it does, it just it it really intensifies though when you're when you're hanging something from the ceiling. <laughs> you know, you're always like, this is over people. You know, like yeah. we're hanging this over and it just adds a little different intensity too when you realize that like this is directly over where I would stand. So like if yeah. this thing goes down, <laughs> you're going I mean like I'm I'm catching a boat to the back of the head if this thing if this thing goes down. But it's down, not so. a small boat. No, it's a boat. It's a it's, it's a, a fifteen boat. foot long boat. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome though. It is mm-hmm. as long as it stays in the ceiling. Yeah, let's pray. Yeah, let's pray for that. So we're excited for Fantastic. It's going to be a great time. It is technically not too late. If for some reason you're mm-hmm. listening to this and you're like, "What am I doing tonight?" It's not too late to register for Fantastic. You can yep. still come. Just show up. We'll get you in. It's ten dollars for your whole family. Mm-hmm. That's like if you have. What four people? Mm-hmm. That's two fifty a person. That's good math. It's a steal. Yeah, you can't go anywhere for two fifty a person. <laughs> yeah. If you have five people in your family, yeah. guess what, Brooke? That's what? only two dollars. No way. Two dollars. I'm not a even person. checking you right now. I'm no. just trusting that it you're is, doing this. I'm so good at math. <laughs> ten people, a ten person family, Brooke. Like your Amish family could come oh, wow. for a dollar a person. Dollar. A dollar a person. That's amazing. Yeah, it's Good. so. Well, my whole come. family is coming. That's great. Yeah, perfect. We're all going to be here. We have our T-shirts ordered and everything. Yeah, yeah. You're so only going to pay two bucks a person. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. So you should come to Fantastic. It's one of our favorite couple nights yeah. of the year. So we appreciate um, just all the work that goes into that, and just getting to uh, we'll get to lead worship with a bunch of families and kids, and um, it's always a blast. So I'm really excited for that.
That being said, if you listen to the Praise Podcast, you know what's coming next. It is Song Spotlight. Every week, we like to uh, give you guys just a little glimpse into the music that Brooke and I are listening to, so that maybe if you're one of those people that feels like you're in a rut of what you've been listening to, maybe we can spark uh, a new idea for somebody for you to check out, and you can add this to your worship playlist that you listen to when you're working out or driving to work or just sitting at home. Um, So yeah, Brooke. I'm going to be honest. This was mm-hmm. an adventure for Brooke to mm-hmm. narrow down on what song she wanted this week. Mm-hmm. But she's done it. So, Brooke, take it away. Yeah. Okay. And I really don't even know if I've done this one before, but I thought, eh, it doesn't even matter. If so, I'll just say it again. But my song is You Have My Yes uh, by Marianne George. And she is, um, this was off of an album that she did individually like so she's a maverick city girl like she sings and leads and tours with them um but this was her own album and yeah it's really good the lyrics right out of the gate are really cool because it just paints a picture but it says um you can have my cares you can have this world's distraction you can have my eyes you can have my full attention i just want you you can have my heart you can have my full devotion you can have my song. You can have my endless worship. I just want you. I just want you. And the chorus goes, Jesus, Jesus, how can I ever thank you? Jesus, my freedom, how can I keep from praising? You've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. And I just really like this song because it's just very like, I don't know, it just has such like a Thanksgiving feel, like just this adoration. And it's it's an upbeat song. It's like a really cool, um, like, boppy song I don't know how to maybe not boppy that's not the right word but it's got a really cool rhythm to it it's not too upbeat but it's upbeat enough for me (laughs) and it's just I don't know I just really like it it's just kind of a um I don't know like this really sweet tasteful simple like I don't know light-hearted song of surrender you know Mm -hmm. I just like it yeah so that's kind of my my go-to right now Good for you. Yeah, I it's could keep one. reading it, but I you won't. Could. You should just. You've got all the lyrics. Right I there. do, I do. Yeah. They're good. But, anyways, what about you? Well, I'm taking a cop out approach, and I can't pick one, so I'm just picking a whole album. It's technically an EP. <laughs> um, if you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I am a big Sean Curran fan. Um, I just love his writing, his style, his just the beanies he wears, everything about <laughs> the way he just, doesn't brush like, his hair. The way he doesn't. If I had hair. <laughs> And I could grow it like his. I wouldn't, his. Brush, it I wouldn't brush my hair either. Uh, he wears He's cool, a cool hats. Guy. He just—I don't know. He feels like a—he mm-hmm. feels like a cool guy. But he's just unapologetic, and I can really appreciate that. And yeah. I feel like that is also why you like him. Yeah, he's just unapologetically yeah. himself. Well, and I've been in a room that he leads worship in, and it's so and good. And just—he leads. Um, and multiple times. Yeah, I just—I love the way he leads. Yeah, he and he—he he is a—he is. Um, I don't know. He. He is just a worship leader. Yeah, like he he knows how to he knows how to direct a room. He knows how to lead lead a room. He knows how to facilitate just mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's so good. He's and a real deal. The cool thing it's like we've been in rooms under his leadership, like in different settings, mm-hmm. and. Um, the first one, I mean, that obviously you can think of as passion. And of course, that's like this huge, large right. scale kind of event. And then like we were at Passion City, like CA, what a creative arts conference. I always mm-hmm. forget what it's actually called. Um, and he was leading worship. But there's just, I mean, this is just their church. It's 
fraction, a fraction of the size of Passion Conference. Um, And it's just the same. And I think that's what's so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we've yeah. we've been in a room with sixty thousand people that he's leading, mm-hmm, and a few probably six hundred. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. The way mm-hmm. he the way he leads, what he does doesn't change. Um, and there's some there's something about it. Like you can, I don't know. Like I feel like Carrie Job has this this same thing as well. Um, I, I've I've been to a lot of you know just different events and conferences, but like. There's something about when certain people get on, you know, they, they come up to lead, you know, because like especially something like passion, mm-hmm. there's just constantly people changing it out. Yeah. But like you can physically feel the atmosphere in the room change. Like when I, I remember watching, I wasn't even at passion this year. I was just watching online. Yes. And when Carrie and Cody came up and led and when Sean led. Like even just online, I could you could physically feel that there was just a different atmosphere and different just environment mm-hmm. that they brought to yeah. it. It was just like a you just knew like this is on. Like this is about, <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. about to be like it's mm-hmm. it's it's on. Like mm-hmm. this is about to be a throwdown. Mm-hmm. And um, so, anyways, all that to say, Sean just released a, a new. Whole album. He did. He just released. A, it's called Cafe Sessions, which I'm a sucker for a good like. Stripped down, acoustic, yeah. done well, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I love that. Mm-hmm. So um, he just released uh, an EP called Cafe Sessions, which he's got like Phil Wickham on it. Cody Carnes is on there, several other people. Um, but he's got like Thousand Names, which is one of my favorites. Uh, Worthy of Your Name, which is a song that, I mean, is so good and lyrically is so powerful and it's kind of it's one of his older ones, but man, it's so good. So he did that one. Catch me singing. Shake the dust off. Ways. Ways is another one that mm, so good. And then bigger than I thought. You attend our services. You've heard a lot of these songs uh, before, but he just does kind of a, a stripped down acoustic version of all these songs. And specifically the thousand names one, like the, him and Phil wrote mm-hmm. that song, and then they they did it together, and they just did so good. It's it's so it's so good. The harmonies are spot on. Well, as you're talking about, I just downloaded it to yeah, my it's playlist. Just, so it's, it's really good. So if you're looking for something, yeah, if you're looking for something that's maybe just a little different vibe or whatever, and then and I had a hard time, bro, because there was this other one. Mm-hmm. I actually posted this one on Facebook. I was just going through. I don't know. Every now and then, you get down like the YouTube rabbit hole, where you yes. like you start on something, and you're like, oh, let's see what video comes up next, and you get going. And I stumbled across. Um, a it's a it was Hillsong, but it was Brooke um, Ligertwood was leading, and she was leading the song. Uh, it was at one of their conferences, but she was leading "Breathe," which is "This is the air I breathe." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. blanking on the words, but mm-hmm. so this is if you, if you know old music, you would know it as "This is the air I breathe," mm-hmm. uh, and I'm desperate for you. You know mm-hmm. that part, and man, that song just I wa- I bet I watched that song ten times that night. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And it just, it hit home. It was good. Yeah, it yeah. was like 11.30, my phone goes, ding. Yeah, yeah I, was <laughs> like, Brooke needs, I was like, Brooke needs to hear this song <laughs> yeah. right now. And it was so good. And that is, and that song is so good. Um, I have a lot of memories attached to that song. And um, so like even, and I'm a huge fan of Brooke as well. She's just incredible. 
But um, yeah, so when I was listening to it, I was like overwhelmed in a great way. But it was it was a good one. Yeah. Well, and there's there was something I'm gonna actually. So I, I posted it to Facebook. I don't post on Facebook much, but mm-hmm. when you, sometimes you see something like this. I can imagine what is on Facebook, so this would probably be a welcome change for some. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I posted it on Facebook, and um, the man Danny Schlag. If you guys know Danny, Danny, Danny. is like just this. <laughs> Danny is um, he's, he's just awesome. such a good guy, and he yeah. is Danny has been uh, such a source of encouragement for mm-hmm. I know many people mm-hmm. on our staff, and just yeah. is a prayer warrior um, for for many of us, but. Uh, he commented, and I want to read his comment because, um, I don't know, it, it just talks to the depth of, when we talk about worship and we mm-hmm. talk about lyrics and really understanding what you're singing and you're saying, like his comment just really shows, uh, like, when we actually really listen to the words that we're singing mm-hmm. and we actually really mean and we take it in, the words that we're actually singing, just how impactful that can be. But he said, there's a place we can enter into when we realize just how much we need him, him being God, when we see just how desperate we are without him, when he is more important to us than our very than our very breath, that he will pull back the veil just enough to catch a glimpse of his glory, to see what friendship with God can mean. Life is forever changed. And I mean, like, that's just so true, you know? Yeah. And I just think, like, the power of... You know, worship is more than just singing. It's more than, you know, there's so much more to worship. We often pigeonhole it into music and singing, but obviously worship is is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but through music and through singing, it can um, obviously have a different impact. And, and so, and that just kind of led us down this conversation of, like, desperation. And, you know, I, I sit back to him, like, it's so hard to find desperation and comfort, you know, like when we're comfortable, yeah. we, it's so hard to find desperation. And then that got me going down to, I was reading in Psalm 63, one through three, it says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Mm. It's just like David understood desperation. Like he got it. And I just like, like, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. And that just made me think like, when is, you know, like how often am I like earnestly searching Mm -hmm. for God? Mm -hmm. I think that's a good transition into um, what we're talking about today on this podcast. Um, We're still kind of hanging, and I don't know if it's because I'm biased, because I just love Hayden so much, but we're still kind of hanging out in Hayden's sermon and things that he brought to the table. And um, He brought a word. He brought a word? If you haven't listened to that, you should go back and watch. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And and it's like just to know what he and I have walked the last few years and to know that what he's saying is from a place of like, Ugh. he just every word has weight like when you walk it you know and so I think that just he had so much favor from our body like our congregation was so um encouraging and, and excited for him and they received you know all the things and it was just really cool but anyways um we're still kind of hanging out with 
what he brought to the table. And I know a lot of people in our body are also hanging out there. Like we've received emails and messages and phone calls and texts and all these things. Um, and I mean, it is a word for our people. And I think that's what's so cool is when the Lord gives a word, it's not going to go void and it's intentional, you know. And I just think it's super powerful when um, our people can respond to it and be encouraged. So a lot of people are still having conversations about the word last weekend. And um, and I also just want to throw out, as we're recording this podcast, like Trevor's sermon hasn't happened yet. So yeah. we're still on last weekend. Yeah. But um, anyways, uh, but yeah, I think it just kind of goes into kind of what we're talking about. But I wanted to um, read and kind of hang out today in First um, Peter chapter 4. But this sense of desperation for God really comes from like, when you really, I don't know, it's like I'm thankful when I have nothing. I'm thankful for refining because it really does create a desperation um, because you're just like, I really don't have anything else but you. And then when you, it's kind of cool to get to that place and then you experience God and you know, like I could have everything else, but I would still be desperate for you because you're that good and I want you that badly, you know? And I think that's a really cool place, like, or something to walk for us to learn, you know? In our flesh, it's not natural to um, not want to be comfortable and it's not natural to want to just give, 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 give and, and, you know, receive from only one thing and work for only one thing. And I don't know, we just sometimes are too sidetracked to, you know, stay in such a narrow path, but, um, Anyways, all that to say, I kind of want to hang out in First Peter today, and like I said, we're in chapter 4, and um, I'm going to read uh, starting at verse 12, and I'm going to go through um, to the end of that chapter, which I believe is verse 19, and then we're kind of going to, I'll just read it all, and then we'll kind of go through and talk about a couple of things that the Lord kind of highlighted to me. Um, okay, uh, glory just around the corner, and this is the message version, by the way. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the Spirit of God and His glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. It's judgment time for God's own family. We're first in line. If it starts with us, think what it's going to be like for those who refuse God's message. If good people barely make it, what's in store for the bad? So if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing, and he'll keep doing it. That's a word. Speaking of words. It's really good. That's a word. (laughs) You should also consider just like being like a book reader. Really? Yeah, you just did that well. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. (laughs) My teacher voice, maybe. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so... I have four, I guess, points that I want to pull out and just kind of talk about and chew on for a little bit. The first one is right when that opens up, and it says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. 
This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think that has been something that, um, and I don't know, I, I find myself, and we, we've talked about this a lot, like keeping perspective on things because, you know, what you feel like is difficult or bad, you know, there's always somebody going through something worse or, or harder. Um, but I think this has been something for me uh, that God has really been teaching me is really to appreciate those seasons. Yeah. Like to embrace them, appreciate them, understand them, not for, you know, we know life's going to be hard. We know mm-hmm. being a Christian is hard. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's just part of the gig, but not just saying like, oh, it's just going to be hard, but really appreciating them, the, the season for what it is and seeking out what refining God is trying to do to me in that season and not mm-hmm. just being like, all right, I just got to hold on grip and try to get through it. But okay, what is, what's the message? What am I supposed to learn? Um, what, you know, what should I be taking away from this, um, while I'm in this? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something for me, um, you know, trying not to jump to the, the conclusion that, you know, I'm just, life's just got to be hard and I just got to suffer through it. Mm-hmm. But really understanding, okay, uh, I'm, I'm in, now that I'm in this, you know, like, I am in the thick of, like it says, like I'm in the thick of what God, you know, what Christ went through. Mm-hmm. So now what, what needs to be refined in me while I'm in the middle of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I have gotten a sneak peek of Trevor's sermon. Um, and there is a point where he talks about, um, and I won't spoil anything, but it did get me thinking. There's a point where he talks about kind of like consequences of our own actions in a way. You know, it's like sometimes we're in certain seasons or in certain situations not because God wants, you know, like was like, hey, I'm going to give this to you. But it's also like he disciplines us and there are consequences to sin or poor behavior and judgment. And like some of that is our own doing. And so sometimes I think we can be very foolish and very prideful and think that we're in certain seasons um, and, and, and we don't want to take accountability or like we don't want to take responsibility for why we're having to navigate hardships or, you know, difficult situations, but it really is just a product of our decisions that weren't prayerful decisions or that weren't humble decisions or that weren't obedient decisions. And, um, that's on us, you know? Um, but because God is good in those seasons, he still can use it to grow us and to teach us and to mold us and refine us. But then there's another side of that that's interesting because, and we've said it before, but like sometimes we walk through seasons that we don't understand and we will not understand and we're not going through that season because we've done something wrong or because we're in trouble. Yeah. It lit, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, it's personal and I will not share names, but, you know, you think about families who are grieving things that, you know, children, and it's like they did nothing to deserve what kind of grief they're walking mm-hmm. through. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this idea, but like both scenarios, whether it is self-inflicted or whether it is just the aftermath of being in a broken world, you know, like either situation, like the refining comes either way when we follow Jesus and the closeness and the desperation comes either way when we're following Jesus. Yeah. I think the, the big, portion in there is that God isn't on the job. Like, don't think that God isn't on the job. Yeah. And that's, you know, regardless of, um, regardless of our actions, our decisions, God is still God and, and that doesn't change. And so, 
Um, I have had my fair share of both sides of um, <laughs> paying for the decisions that I've made and de- <laughs> dealing with those and dealing with those consequences. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I've been on the other side where it's just it's just the circumstances of of life. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's nothing that that I did or that mm-hmm. anyone did. It's just part of life and being yeah. a Christian, you know, it's part of, yeah. of living, living that life. And uh, both teach lessons. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of one. Uh, I feel like on the side when it's our own, like you said, the pride thing, when it's our own decisions mm-hmm. that get us there, mm-hmm. it probably takes a little longer to really understand like, okay, you know, because um, there's been some times where I thought there have been some decisions that I thought that that's what God was leading me to, mm-hmm. you know, that I thought that's what he did want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just turns out that either that was just really my own desires speaking through or, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't read it right, you know, mm-hmm. and, but um, there, like you said, the refining that can happen in both of those is, is, is worth it. Yeah. And I think what comes and moving on to kind of my second point is like with refining there, it, when it says the, the word distinguished, be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. When we're talking about being a Christ follower, being a Christian, being a believer in Jesus, um, I love that word distinguished. I feel like I can't hardly say it. I have to really think when I when it comes off my tongue. But I love that word distinguished. And I think that sometimes we can be in a place where maybe it's like embarrassing or it's awkward mm-hmm. to talk about our faith or to be in a situation when we're like, um, yeah, I'm a Christian. And here's what I think when you're in a room of people who like, you know, just laugh yeah. and mock you or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, that can be really awkward and I don't care how old you are. Like that's something that we could talk about in like Kid Devo and Ignite and Fusion yeah. or whatever. But I'm like, we've got adults in the workplace who are afraid to say the name of Jesus and to like be distinguished by his character in that lifestyle, you mm-hmm. know? And when you go through refining seasons, like you will be distinguished. It changes everything about you inside and out. And like, that's for a purpose. Like you're supposed to share, you're supposed to talk about it, yeah. you know? And there's nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of, but it's like, then you've got to find that boldness and that confidence and who you serve, like who's your master mm-hmm. to be like, when they say stuff like that, my response to my spirit is, God will not be mocked, you know? And it's just kind of like, I don't know, that's something that I think we all have to work through, but I think that is critical just to claim that. I think part of that, and John talked about this several several weeks ago in a message, but I think unfortunately, too, part of some of that comes from because of how we have acted as Christians. Um, You know, John said, you know, like, the, the importance of when you have a, when you have something to say as important as the gospel, you know, it's important to say it and do it in a way that it'll be heard. And I feel like as Christians, we have, uh, we've masked almost, we've, we've masked hatred with boldness and we, we pretend to be bold and really it's just, we're, we're trying to spread a message in a hateful way. And uh, I think that that has caused uh, some people want to speak up, but because of how uh, I think some some pre-existing notions from some people uh, does cause, which it's not an excuse, uh, but I think it there's some there's some healing and rebuilding sometimes that has to be done in that um, 
before that that boldness comes. And I think that's that's the importance of relationships. We talk about relationships so much, you know. You can you can speak so much, you can speak with so much more authority into someone's life if there is a real relationship there, and there's a trust there, and that they understand that, you know, you're you're saying what you're saying is coming out of a place of, of of care for them because you do want what best. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy for them to hear it because the truth is not always easy to hear. The gospel is not always easy to hear and take, mm-hmm. and we do have to. There's old. There are old things that we have to to put down. You know, the, our way of life to to follow Jesus literally means laying down our you know our yeah. life and picking up a cross. So that means that things are going to have to change, and and so that's that's not always an easy message to hear. But like you said, I think having a boldness of that distinguishedness, you know, that like it's not a bad thing to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not something to keep in secret. Like that's something that that we want to live out loud and and be proud of. Yeah, and that m- reminds me too. It just a chapter before, you know, before in First Peter three, um, there's a few things I could read. Like even from like verse ten to twelve, but then even more so like fifteen or thirteen through. Oh my gosh, like sixteen, I guess. But um, I'll just read this. It says, now who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, and this is the big one, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I mean, so even there, just a chapter before, it's like very clear on like, you know, like you're going to kind of get some, you know, I don't know, what do they say? Like flack? <laughs> they say you're going to get some flack about it. But like we are also told and instructed on how like we respond to it. Um, and we can do that. And we can be bold and we can be confident and we can do that in a gentle and respectful way. Mm-hmm. So that's Well, I cool. think this even goes for, this goes for Christians to other Christians. Yeah. As oh, well. You for know what I mean? sure. Because... Um, I mean, there's all the time. I mean, sometimes we are, well, actually we are, we are the worst to each other, mm. you know, and, um, you know, we don't know the message that maybe, you know, Holy Spirit or God has given somebody else to mm. give. You know, like we don't, we don't, and to presume that we do or to presume that it should be a certain way, you know, like, and so I think sometimes, you know, somebody might be carrying out a completely different mission and goal than what yours yours is to carry out. And just because it's different doesn't mean we have to attack that yeah. and, and tear it down. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes it even feels like there is a distinguishedness to Christians among Christians. You know, like if there's other, you know, they don't they don't know what you've heard. Mm-hmm. They don't know what you've been told, what you've read, what you're, what you're, you know, what you feel like, you know, God is, is, is directing you towards. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we, we now obviously if somebody's just doing something in direct conflict with the Bible, then that's a different story. But we nitpick so many little things mm-hmm. sometimes and it, it just gets us so off course yeah. uh, amongst as just a, you know, like big C church. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of leads us into like this next chunk that I want to talk about because it's, 
It says, it's judgment time for God's own family. We're first in line. If it starts with us, think what it's going to be like for those who refuse God's message. So, And then it says, if good people barely make it, what's in store for the bad? So two things here then. A, like the capital C church, you know, like God's mm-hmm. people already, like judgment day comes, discipline comes, all the things come. Um, but then I think too, like mercy, you know, those who refuse the word of God, mm-hmm. like you were just talking about, you know, the gospel is hard to hear. And um, there was something about the word refuse that was very powerful um, to me. Like it just kind of like, just like got me right in the gut. And so when you look up the definition of refuse, it's a verb, which then obviously means verb is action. It's what you do. You show it. It's a choice. So like you are choosing to refuse or to not refuse something. And the definition of refuse, which I know it's a word we know, but this was interesting because it said, um, it's a verb, and it says uh, that one is not willing to accept or to do. I mean, whoa. Like when you think about that in the framework of accepting Jesus, accepting the gospel, accepting the truth, like it says you're not willing. Someone's who, someone who's not willing and I think that's just very raw, you know, and that mm-hmm. is, that's just very honest. Yeah. And, you know, we can have all these reasons as to maybe like why we don't believe or we were hurt and here's the reasons why we just don't accept or we can sugarcoat it and make it sound good of like, well, I respect that you believe what you believe and, you know, you respect that I believe what I believe. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you refuse the truth. And the Bible is very clear about what that means. And you refuse, which means you're not willing. Like, you're not even willing to go there. You're not willing to hear it. You're not willing to receive it. You're not willing to try. You're not willing to read. You're not willing to do the work to fix what you need to fix. You're not willing to... And I'm like, when you think about that, and you think about obedience versus not willing, I mean, Mm -hmm. that is two completely different pictures and two completely different paths and two completely different outcomes in somebody's life. And you get to pick which one you want to be. And that's for Christian people, and that's for people who are non-believers. Like, Christian people, like, we believe God, sure. But, like, how many of you refuse to say yes? How many of you refuse to swallow your pride? How many of you refuse to not be comfortable, you know, or to, you know, to remain stagnant in whatever, like you refuse to not accept it because it's not what you want to hear or you refuse to not, you know, change your mind and gain a new insight on something because it's not how you were raised to think and believe or behave, you know, and it's like it's a there's a not willingness there, even in the capital C church that causes so much damage for the capital C church, for the kingdom of God, but man, for your own life. And I think that is just something that, like, gets me going, <laughs> you know? Like, it's just, like, it's completely 110% our own responsibility. And we are given 110% the free will and opportunity to pick which kind of person we want to be and mm-hmm. to pick what kind of, you know, believer we want to be. And ultimately, like, <laughs> I would rather be miserable and obedient than comfortable and unwilling. Yeah, and I think it's... I think because it makes us feel better as Christians, we downplay mm-hmm. the the choice behind of a lot of things. We want to make it more about a feeling of things. So that way, when we don't feel it, we can be like, well, 
maybe God's just not talking to me right now, mm-hmm. or I'm just not hearing anything, or I'm not feeling anything right now. So I just must be in a, a season of waiting or, you know, like we, we want it to be more about feelings than we want it to be about choice. That'll preach. Because Come when, on. It, when it comes down to a choice, yeah. it, when it's about that, which is what it's about, mm-hmm. then we start to realize all the times that we refuse mm-hmm. and all the times that we, we make the choice to not, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I got to go to CIY for a couple of days and, uh, I, I got to a couple, um, high school students just asked me, they're, they're like, you know, they, they pulled me aside and they're like, Eric, we just, we have some questions about just worship in general, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, let's talk. And, you know, they said, you know, like, why does it, basically their question was, which this is one of the age old CIY questions, <laughs> if you ever but like, they're like, why does, why do I feel so different? worshiping here, you know, like singing during in the music part, why do I feel so different worshiping here than I do back at home? And, and I said, well, the, the, the key in your question there is the word that you chose to use. And the, the word you chose to use was feel. You know, if, if you're waiting to feel something in worship, then you've, you've already missed the boat. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, worship is not a feeling. It is not... Um, it's not waiting for the low end to get to a certain point that it kind of gives you that, that goosebump feeling or for a certain lyric or a big yeah. dropout or for you to, to feel something. Mm-hmm. Now, can you feel something in worship? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but that's not what worship is. Mm-hmm. Worship is a choice. Yeah. And worship is saying that regardless of my circumstances, what I want to do, what I feel like doing, what's comfortable what I like, what the person next to me is doing, what the people around me are doing, where I'm at, who I'm with. Like, it's about zero of those things. Mm-hmm. It is about a personal choice. It is being willing. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we sure. make a, every day, every second, we are making this choice, whether we will worship or not. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a 24-7, 365 constant decision and choice that we are making and we like to talk about the feeling side of it more Mm -hmm. because that masks the choice side which is if we're honest we say no we refuse a lot you know I I mean I think if we're honest in you know a worship service how often are you saying yes Regard, you know, how, how much are you, how often are you refusing because you want to be mad about something or you want to not like something or you want to this or that? Like, our worship, like, one thing I, I love to remind people my worship, Brooks' worship, and whoever, if you go to another church, whoever leads your worship, my worship does not count for you. Like, my worship is not, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't count as your worship. My worship is my worship. It only counts for me. It's my decision. It only, it, that is, that's all I can make is my own decision. You have to make your own decision. And I just think that's a, that's a big part of this, this word refuse. Mm-hmm. So I think, obviously, on the one side, non-Christians, there are people definitely making that decision, you know, that are, are obviously, they're, they are not willing. Mm-hmm. But that also applies to Christians as well. 
Mm-hmm. Just because we've said yes, we've accepted Jesus, we've been baptized, doesn't mean we've checked all the boxes and it's just time to sit around and wait. Like that's, there's still a daily decision. And as it says down there later on in there, that it's going to be difficult because you're doing what God said. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know, there's my soapbox for today. Yeah, well, two things that I wrote down while you are talking is the first one, I think, again, talking about, well, like you're saying it's a choice, but in, and it's, you, it's not only music, you know, like you, how you mentioned earlier, and it's like, and that's exactly it. You know, how many times are you called to, like, go do something outside of the church or, or whether it's a, like, for somebody else or whether it's something personal with just you and the Lord? And, you know, your act of worship, like, is time with him, and it is obedience to him, and it is speaking to him and listening to him. And and when there's no music or you're not in the church building, like, you're, I mean, it's, worship is just so much more than music. But, like, again, are you unwilling in your worship to even go one-on-one with the Lord? Are you unwilling to apologize to your mom? Are you unwilling to, you know, fix something that you're doing as a parent that you've been convicted about that's not right in, in raising up your kids, but it's too hard to change it and um, you don't have time and, you know, wh- whatever it is, you know, like worship is a choice and a decision. It's not a feeling. I don't like paying my bills. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? No. That is not enjoyable or fun, but it's no. absolutely necessary to my survival. Sometimes when we're asked to do things, we can be unwilling to pay our bills, to pay our dues, pay our respects to the Lord, um, and then we will suffer the consequences of that. But it's just like we pay our bills because we know we need a house, we know we need our water, we know we need our electricity, we know we need these fundamental things to our survival, and it's not always fun. You know what I mean? And and it's it's like, leads me to my second point is worship isn't for us, but yet somehow it's for us. Like Mm -hmm. the whole point of worship has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with us. It's like we are worshiping, whether with music or with our life choices and our heart condition for him, simply because of who he is, not because of what we can get, not because of what we understand, not because of what we agree with. Mm -hmm. It's literally because he is who he is. He is God. And if, if that alone doesn't humble you, then like swallow your pride. You know what I mean? God is God and he's ultimate and he's above all, everything, no matter what. And our worship is simply worship because of who he is. Because he deserves it. Yeah. And because he's good, you know, worship isn't for us, but it's for us. And because he's good. He lets us take part in it. Exactly. And then what we get to experience when we get to encounter him, it's just like he makes it for us. Like it's just so cool. Like what comes of it that grows you, refines you, matures you, humbles you, challenges you, and it's just so necessary. It's yeah. so important, and it really has to be just that simple. It has to be because, like, of just, I'm going to do this because it's who you are, and, and you're above me, you know, like, and, and keeping him in his proper place, um, whether we understand it or can grasp it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm on one. Can you tell? I'm bobbing my head back you and are. forth over Brooke here. Has her, her <laughs> I've got my is, sassy her, head bob going on. Her head is bobbing. <laughs> her hands are going. There's a pin. It's there's it's a sight to see. Man, I just I'm but passionate. It's, but it's and I think maybe good. because I've been both sides. And I think that I think that's I mean, it has everything to do with my Enneagram, like, you know, my wing eight coming out for sure. But it also has everything to do with I've been both sides. 
And it's just so serious and it's not something to joke about and it's not something to take lightly. And, you know, to be someone who used to not be willing and then to be someone who's only ever, and I don't say it to brag, but it's like, I'm unwilling to go back to being unwilling. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want what you want for me. I only want you. And again, that song earlier, like, have my yes or whatever it's called, like, um, like that's just it. Like you can have you you can have my endless worship. Like I just think that's so powerful. Um, but just to end and just to kind of close on this, um, verse nineteen says, "So if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Just trust Him. He knows what He's doing, and He'll keep on doing it." And I think when we move from a place of unwillingness to a place of being unwilling to be unwilling anymore. Like that's when we just experience the glory that's around the corner of just who he is and what it's like to belong to him and what it's like to be taken care of by him and what it's like to just worship him and be obedient to him and chase after what he has for us. And I mean, and of course we're going to have ups and downs and everything in between, but he knows what he's doing and there's nothing that will stop him from doing what he does. And we can just hang our hat on it simply because it's who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's that's where I get a lot of, uh, well, pretty much all. Any, any confidence and any uh, determination, any uh, stubbornness, anything that I have in specifically ministry, uh, I have only because, one, I know that I am where I am only because God put me there. Amen. Certainly not because I wanted it, mm-hmm. I asked for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so because of that, I just, I have developed a trust for him that I had never honestly had before. Uh, and I think it's because I am, I am for the probably the first time in my life, actually really in a position where there is so much out of my control and yeah. there is so much that I am not qualified for and I am not... Um, you know, that only he is, that only God can do. And uh, I find that when I, when I try to take back the reins or I try to take control, even just a little bit here, it immediately, I, I can feel that, I can feel that pushback of like, no, that's, you need to, you're, you need to just trust me. Mm. You need to just trust me and trust that I know what I'm doing yeah. and just let me do it. Yeah. And um, it's super hard. Mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. hardest thing I've ever done yeah uh, because you don't know you don't know what's next you don't know what's coming uh, you don't you're just but at the same time it's the most at peace yeah I've ever been mm-hmm. and it's the most unstressed mm-hmm. that I've ever been mm-hmm. because I don't know and I don't know what's coming and I don't know why and I don't know a lot of things but I just know that he knows what he's doing yeah and I'm just I think finally understanding what trust like that looks like mm-hmm. and feels like mm-hmm. and and is and yeah. it's worth it. That'll preach, Pastor. That's a word. So, Brooke, what did you you read? First Peter four twelve through nineteen. We were talking about because mm-hmm. we were reading this. Uh, this was the message version, oh. and the message. Are you going to wrap me out? No, I just because it is <laughs> it is confusing. The me- I really like the message version and yeah. a lot of things, but for some reason. 
they don't like they'll just group a paragraph. They're like, this is like twelve through twenty-two. You know, <laughs> yeah. so like you just figure out what verse. I'll it just is, wrap but, myself out because yeah. why not? But like I was reading it to Eric before we started, and I was like, hold on a second, where even is this? And it just takes me a minute. Yeah. And like in my chapters in my message Bible are a very light shaded gray. So I'm mm. like, where even is it? And then I'm like, you have to look on like the side of the page for like the chunk of verses that mm. it is. I'm like, I think yeah. <laughs> it starts at verse 12. I don't know. No. It's confusing. But if you want to dive deeper into that or read that in your own version, yeah. uh, like I said, we read that out of the message version, mm-hmm. uh, but it was first Peter four, 12 through mm-hmm. 19. NLT is Ish. a really good uh, version of this passage as well. I mean, honestly, even chapter, yeah. I, just read it, read yeah. first Peter. I mean, chapter three, chapter four, what, I mean, it's a very small book, but like there are nuggets in, in there that um, are really timely very good, super mm-hmm. encouraging. Um, so yeah, it's kind of where I've been hanging out. And so I'm thankful yeah. to um, just be able to kind of like share that with all of you. And um, I don't know, just kind of reflect on what the Lord is stirring um, in me. Yeah. About well, that, we appreciate so. you sharing that today. Hey, thanks. Appreciate Bob. you all mm-hmm. listening and uh, hanging out with us in this conversation. As in any conversation we have, if you ever have questions or comments or you want to chime in, we would love for you guys to join in on the conversation. You can always email us at eric at centralnow.com or brooke at centralnow.com. We would love uh, to hear from you, interact with you, and like I said, talk through. If, if, if this sparked something in your mind or, or something that you want to talk about, we would love uh, to hear that and have that conversation with you because that's really what this is all about. And it really is so fun yeah. because after last episode with your like coffee tantrum, I, I cannot tell you. Well, and then you and Adrian and maybe the kids, I don't remember, went to the new coffee place in yes. Fairfield called Fusion. We did. And you rated it a 10 out of 10, it's which so good. says a lot. It really is. A lot. Yeah. And you posted about it. And I was LOLing at how many people, whether it was on your Facebook or in person, were like, Eric, I'm so glad you got your coffee I know. I, people were people knew yeah, people, you were in need I, well, and there were uh, there were several of you that texted me as well yes. so i appreciate that, that was really fun I, I appreciate that you guys were looking out for me mm-hmm. and my coffee my coffee habits um but yeah if you have in, if you live in this area fairfield illinois uh Land, that's a drive landon from willett, here yeah, yeah landon willett fusion coffee he mm-hmm. just opened up but he is uh, he understands coffee it's not about how sweet and syrupy you can make it it's about the coffee and the man gets it and i would i would say if you are actually into coffee you're not into syrup or cold foams or he's got all that so he can do stuff like that but like if you're into coffee this is the place that you need to go check out so fusion coffee fairfield illinois shout out that's a shameless plug for, (laughs) for him so But yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. The Praise Podcast is always fun. We are quickly approaching 20 episodes. So uh, we are almost 20 episodes into this When did we go to season two? I don't know. Probably episodes ago. Maybe. I don't don't think we ever (laughs) I don't know how that works. I don't know how seasons work. We don't know what we're doing. (laughs) We're just recording things and putting them out there. And you guys, for some reason, listen. So we appreciate that. Again, your ratings and reviews, you can leave those for us. We always appreciate that. And again, if you could share this podcast on your social media or with a friend or family member who maybe uh, this conversation would be good for them, would encourage them. Uh, that is our goal is to be uh, just uh, giving you guys an opportunity to, to join in on conversations that we would be having, whether these microphones were in front of us or not. We just let you all tune into them. And uh, we love that you guys do that. So 
Thank you all for listening as always. And as we always say, let's be people that in every way and every day bring the praise. We'll catch you next time.